Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is, is Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. It's a good thing about doing it back to back. I don't have to change anything. <laughs> you sound groovy. Why? Wait, you have to change it every week? No, like sometimes I'll un like I'll unplug everything. Uh, so I have to give it the settings right back. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I don't have to do that right now. Cause we was just in this bitch yesterday. <laughs> so I'm guessing. I, I think I'm gonna put the other end, the other part on the end. That way we can lead up to it and be like, uh, the next part of our session was recorded the day before. <laughs> Previously recorded. <laughs> so, uh, this was recorded on the third. <coughs> so I guess I'll just edit that part. Today is Ho's birthday is December 4th. Okay. Sean Carter was born December 4th. <laughs> <laughs> he was the last of Gloria Carter's children. And Fuck gave her no pain. Yes. <laughs> you better give us the dialogue. Man, Hove coming out with a song called December 4th, so everybody remembers his birthday, is iconic. <laughs> That's some Hove ass shit. Unlike Drake, who just be titling random shit, be like, uh, <laughs> November 19th. What, what's important about that date? That's the day I recorded it. <laughs> October's very own. <laughs> That's also an iconic move. <laughs> Because Drake has also made it to where we know his birthday. True. October the 24th. So is Beyonce. Yeah. Who else has done that effectively? Uh, Those are the only ones I can remember right off. I don't know. That's a good question. I know Kanye's, but he never talks about it. It's June 8th, I think. Gemini. Didn't know that. Yeah, no, I can't think of anybody else. Um, what's your favorite Jay Z song? Damn, that's tough. That's real tough. I know it is. I I listen to Jay Z all today. That's real tough. I can't. Allure is probably my favorite. Allure, Lucky Me. Um, Can I Live, of course. Um, Regrets. Regrets is probably my favorite. That's a lot. I have to, I can't. I have it's to so think hard about that because yeah. for one, he has so many fucking albums. Yeah. And I was listening to 444 earlier. Smile is one of my favorites because he snapped the fuck out of that shit. The hype for 444 was short lived, but that's 
That's a dope ass album. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about it later. But that I'm I've wondered where if I would put that in my top ten of the decade. I can I cannot. Don't ask me about my top songs or top albums. Like I can't (laughs) fucking do it. I've been thinking about this shit ever since yesterday when you text me and said that we need to decide our top ten. It doesn't have to be today, but I cannot do it. It's it is hard. What's uh, crazy is I I know for sure that like Jay Z and Kanye are on there. Yeah. The other thing about if you deciding a top ten of a decade, um, some people have multiple albums this decade that, if we're gonna be honest, probably. All right, Kendrick has three classic albums this decade possibly four and depending on my mood i might put to pimp a butterfly yeah high up or yeah. i might put good kid mad city i've listened to to pimp a butterfly a lot more than good kid mad city but every time i listen to good kid mad city it puts me back in the first time listening to it good kid mad city was really good if he had never came out with another album after that, that's go, that goes down as one of the greatest albums ever. And he put out albums better than that after that. That shit is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Damn, and then Frank Ocean has multiple classic albums. This is true. I put Channel Orange ahead of Blonde, but I would too. Blonde, I I fucks with Blonde, but. Channel Oranges. Channel Orange just had the bangers and the features and the the writing and the it was just it was just, just a cohesive body of work. Like it just And I was in a similar place in my life. Like that whole album was about like unrequited love and then identity. Not to say that blonde isn't, but blonde seems a little more self realized and it's the more uh blonde to me is a little bit more relaxed it is yeah and it might be it might be also that i've always said that your first album is the album you've literally been working on your entire life yeah that's true so it's the most autobiographical so it's gonna hit a little different than everything else you'll ever put out yeah channel orange felt super intentional yeah like that's everything about it. Like he had planned that album his entire life. Same as with Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah. Even though that's not technically his debut, but that's the album you can tell he always wanted to put out. Mm-hmm. Um. Then of course you have uh, Beyonce. Man, Beyonce has multiples. <laughs> you got self-titled, self-titled is just iconic in itself because of the way that it happened. Yeah. And that's the other part of it, the full art and the era that when somebody puts something out, I think you have to put all of that into the yeah equation. Yeah. So and you, then for her to do it again with lemonade, with lemonade, which is more iconic, but making it a movie, right? But like the question is, which one is the more? I, I think. I, oh. <laughs> Historically speaking, Lemonade, our grandchildren know about Lemonade. Yeah. 
I'm going to say Lemonade just because the because it was a movie because she made it a whole production for everybody to, to have access to like self-titled you had to buy it in order to see all the videos and whatever whatever but lemonade was put out there for everybody to digest right at one time and we didn't know it was coming just like with self-titled we didn't know but she put out the movie on hbo and then it was like oh she put the album out too right and it's like okay and then it's like Oh, she going on tour. <laughs> right. And then the whole, like, the elevator incident with Solange and Jay-Z, that lit. And then she was being real about it. Yeah. And she had never been yeah. open about things. And then it was just different. That was That's a different animal. Yeah. Nobody else. Nobody else can top, like, that kind of, like, grandeur when it comes to just production and execution yeah like and the other thing like when we were riding back from uh the concert the other night when we talked about that album also inspired a response album from jay-z which is definitely his last his best album in since american gangster which then inspired them to do On the Run 2. Yeah. So it's, it's just like a bunch of great shit came out of Lemonade. Yeah. And then the Carter's album. And then the Carter's album. Damn, this top 10 is going to be nothing but Jay-Z, Beyonce, <laughs> and Kanye. <Yep. laughs> With a sprinkle of Kendrick and, and Frank Ocean. And then another album I had in there was Anti. Yes. I was going to say that too. Okay, so <laughs> for sure... Like my top three is my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Watch the throne. That's just that's just a fucking classic, bro. Like Jay Z and Kanye fucking killed that shit. Yeah. That's like it has to be on there. Um, I listen to that album every couple of days. Yeah, like most of the most of that album is on my gym playlist. Yeah. <laughs> that's so my at, at one point I was listening to it every day. Um, Rihanna anti. I really want to say another Kanye album, but I don't want this to be like Kanye overkill. I got Yeezus in my top ten, <laughs> and I know people don't like Yeezus, but I mean, I didn't I, like Yeezus. I love Yeezus. I liked a couple songs off Yeezus, but I didn't like it as a whole. That album actually holds up very well. I was going to say Acid Rap, even though that's technically considered a mixtape. I put Acid Rap in my top 10 also. Yeah. My top 10 is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Lemonade, To Pimp a Butterfly, Channel Orange, Anti, Watch the Throne, Take Care. Oh, Take Care. Brothers by Black Keys. I don't know if I listened to that album. That's the one with, uh, that's the big album. That's the one with uh, Tighten Up. I wanted love. I needed love. I love that album. I don't album. know if I've listened to the whole album. What? I you know. gotta listen to that album. No, I know, I know. <laughs> and then I got Acid Rap. And then 10 is a seat at the table. Okay. I fuck with that. My honorable mentions are Good Kid Mad City, Flower Boy, Yeezus, and Blonde. I think. Okay, so. 
Justin Timberlake 2020 was a hit. The 2020 experience. I feel I, that to me. You talk about the complete one or the first one? The first one to me, definitely. The first, I, the second one was cool. Like it still had that vibe to it, but it wasn't the same as the first one. Um, the first one hit though. Like the instrumental on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the feel of it. Yeah. His vocals. That's like some of the best singing that I've ever heard come out of Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And then Jay Z was on it. Um, I think that's going to be an honorable mention for me, but I still can't decide on a top 10. Um, I'm trying to think any other honorable mentions I would have. Um, I tried to think also outside of like R&B and rap. Yeah, me too. And it's, it's not a lot. I'm gonna be all the way hundred percent honest with you. Taylor Swift's nineteen eighty nine should be on that list. I did not listen to that. That's a great <laughs> album. <laughs> I do not deliberately listen to Taylor Swift. I, like I, I just hey, you gotta give flowers where flowers are due. <laughs> that album is dope as fuck. Adele also twenty mm. did twenty one come out this decade? Yeah. It was like early two thousands. Wait, damn, we're in the teens. Never mind. I'm I'm tripping. Hey, man, we old. Ooh, we like, shit, I'm tripping. That was only like 2007. Like you mean 12 years ago? <laughs> right. Damn. No, 21 was not this decade. I don't think. Yeah, cause she's she's our age. She's either our age or a little younger, right? I think she was born in '88. Okay, so then no, 21 would not have been in this decade. 25 was still a hit though. Yeah. Definitely shouldn't have won over Lemonade, but. <laughs> Yikes. Um, let me go through my, let me scroll through my catalog again. And then uh, most people kind of agree with our list. Um, Rolling Stone had My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy as one. Um, Pitchfork had Blonde at one. I was like, huh, okay. Hmm. And they had my beautiful dark twisted fancy at two. It's also crazy to think about Kanye came out with an album in 2010 that is still the best album of the decade. Literally, yeah. Yeah. Iconic. And I watched Runaway the movie the other day. Oh my God, I love that movie. It's genius. Just artistic genius. Meanwhile, this nigga out here wilding the fuck out right now. Um, because the internet. Yeah, because the internet's up. To, but all right, going back to the argument is because the internet better than Awaken My Love. Yeah. Really? To me, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Awaken My Love. I don't know. I just have different. Uh, I think attachments because of nostalgia. The singles on because the internet are better, probably than Awaken My Love. But I, I love the vibe of Awaken. I like my the love. vibe of Awaken My Love way better than because the internet. Because the internet has the bops though. It's got three thousand five. <laughs> yes, it's got. Is it Shades? World Star. Yeah. 
Oh. <laughs> World star before that. You already know. And that. then plus that was the first uh childish Gambino album that I actually liked. Everybody always like it was all these weird corny ass white dudes be like he's the best rapper alive bro like no he's not he i actually i still kind of hate kind uh childish gambino's rapping really not hate i don't like it as much as i love his singing okay oh sweatpants was on that album too mm-hmm. oh i forgot about that so was uh my favorite song on that was shadows Tuesday afternoon, I ain't got shit to do but fall in love with you. Said Tuesday afternoon. Oh, Thundercat was on that. Thundercat produced that. That makes a lot of sense. See, look at you. Now, now you're getting into it. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I still don't know if I could put. Oh, Drake and Future had a moment. Oh, what a time to be alive. Eh, that's not going to be on. I'm not going. That was. It was a moment, but that's some toxic. That's like the uh, toxic nigga <laughs> wash the throne. <laughs> I don't think it deserves anybody that ever says that that's better than wash the throne. I always look at them like niggas, you crazy. What did you say, nigga? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but all right. So, waking my love has me and your mama, which is still bangs. They had that shit in car commercials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh have some love. Boogeyman, zombies, riot, and then of course Redbone. Redbone is my favorite. Still. It and was then, it was very outplayed when it came out, but that shit slaps. Yeah. And then people didn't like California, but I love that song. I didn't like California. It's an I love I love that song. You got terrified, baby boy. The night me and your mother met with a crazy Gary Clark Jr. solo, and then Stand Tall, which is my favorite song on an album outside of Redbone. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one between Awaken and because the internet. And then plus, I'm a George Clinton fanboy. Yeah. So. Awaken is there for me. Um, who else we got that came out with some? Oh, uh, Vampire Weekend. Uh, what's the name of that album? Modern Vampires of the City. That's an amazing album of this decade. Their last album, Father of the Pride, was good too, but I don't know if I'll put it near my top 10 or 20. Ooh, I definitely have to say now or Nao. I don't know how you say her name. Um, her album Saturn, dope. Have you listened to it? No, I haven't. That's the it, one. It's a lot of music I gotta catch up on. It's this. This is vibey shit, Mike. She just she has a unique voice too. Like she has. It's kind of whispery, but she just, she has like a, I can't even explain it. It's like a, I'm just going to, I'm going to play one song. 
Oh, Contra came out in 2010 also. Who? Uh, Vampire Weekend's Contra, Contra. album. Yes, this is this is yeah, this is gonna be in my top ten for sure. Um, I saw somebody's list had like a couple of song uh, albums that came out like in the last two years, and they're like somebody had uh, it was an album that came out this year. Somebody had it in their top like four. They had a uh, privacy by. Uh, is an invasion of privacy Cardi B's first album? Oh, no. Nah. I was like, <laughs> y'all niggas tripping. When I was looking through my list, I was like, Cardi, nah. nah. She's like, not. She's not making it to top 10. Um, Rolling Stone had Billy Ellis's album in the top 30, I think. That shit is bops. I haven't listened to her. Bro, I love Billy Ellis. And then people have been on her case because uh, she didn't know who Van Halen was. Oh, she's seventeen years old. Van Halen's last big hit was "Right Now." That shit came out in like ninety two. So she was born in like two thousand two. Why would she know who the fuck Van Halen is? Mm-hmm. That's like the equivalent of like if we had a kid next year or something. And then in twenty thirty seven, they were like. <laughs> We were listening to My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> and then it was like, who is this? We were like, uh, Black Eyed Peas. You don't know who the Black Eyed Peas are? Right. Like, fuck, why the fuck would I know who the Black Eyed Peas are? This is how irrelevant the Black Eyed Peas are right now. They performed at a, at a Super Bowl like seven years ago. And niggas forget that shit. Yeah, that's true. That's the equivalent, like. What happened? How do they how do they pop so quick and fall off so quick? We just got tired of that shit, bro. They did have some bops, but it was just too much. Like I don't know. By the time it was like every song was becoming a single, that's when it was like, all right, I think we've had enough. And then plus, Will I Am started making uh inspirational Obama songs. It's <laughs> like, man, I'm tired of seeing Will I Am. Even though he is the reason that I can remember uh, that one Obama speech. It was a creed written in the founding documents. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, I miss Obama. That's some black shit. One thing that I did write down yesterday, um, did you see the thing where Fab Fabulous and Casanova asked Shiggy to be to do a dance for that one song? And then got mad that he was like, yo, you got to slide me some bread. Is that some black shit? No. No, I'm saying oh, like. Them getting mad? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, and I was thinking, like, in context of like this, <clears throat> like when people email us stuff that, I'm like, we don't know them from Man in the Moon, wanting us to like promote shit. <laughs> I'll be feeling some kind of way about that. Yeah, I feel you. Because I'm like, because to me, it's like you're asking 
me to do something for you for a reason. Right. You know that we have a certain amount of visibility. You're not just going to piggyback off of that. Like we worked for this. It's not fair to ask to be promoted for nothing. Especially if you're not in Huntsville. Yeah. Like it's another thing to rebuild, like to focus on like our community in a broader sense and like in a blacker sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, like if we do something with one of the other podcasts in Huntsville, yeah, we can do that because it's an exchange. Yeah. It's like we're doing something with them. They're doing something with us. It's, it works. It's just like, I'm not going to say anybody's names, but certain people that we want to do stuff with that definitely we can do that. It doesn't have to be an exchange of like money or anything. Yeah. Like it's got to be some quid pro quid quo pro or it's not, we're not just doing this just to make, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it might, it might seem stupid to people who think we just do this shit, the bullshit. Right. But it's still our art. It is, and it's it's something that we obviously put like time and thought into, and something that we are building and trying to make something out of. So I don't understand. I don't understand why anybody would think we bullshit or like this is just you know for shits and giggles. But to me, it's just like it's just like a, a respect thing. Like, don't ask people for handouts right especially if fabulous and casanova went and do a verse for free exactly so why is it that you're looking at this dude and you're like well why won't you do this for the homie like he don't fucking know you yeah and then they were like well you did and then casanova was like well you did that drake shit for free he did that shit just because he wanted to do it the song was already out yeah he didn't break a drake song he just made a Drake is the most popular musician on the planet. Well, I mean, outside of, you know, like Beyonce. But he's the most popular rapper on the planet. Yeah. it A Drake song is going to number one regardless. And didn't Drake end up paying him? Yeah, he ended up putting him in the video. Yeah. So, it was, he repaid a favor. So, niggas getting their feelings and just be throwing shit. Also, niggas get sensitive when you tell them uh, no. That they're wrong about some shit. Or, yeah, hell yeah, they do. They get all the way in their feelings. Men are sensitive. I keep trying to tell y'all this. This is true. They was in that bitch yelling, like, calm down. It's like, bro, you looking thirsty. Like, mad thirsty. You get mad because somebody wants to handle business in a correct way. Mm -hmm. Like, uh uh-uh. Baby, we can't do that. <laughs> like, why? Like, I don't. I don't understand. I don't either. This is. Um, I think it's just like a sense of entitlement when people get upset. Yeah. That you would ask them to uh, pay you for things that they're asking you for. <laughs> right. And how else? And then, like, they were trying to like go at him for saying that this is how he eats. That is how he fucking eats. Right, like... Paid content. Like... He ain't got no nine to five. Right. <laughs> He's out here working. <laughs> yeah. Nah. It was bullshit. But yeah, it's definitely black shit. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. And and I think a lot of it is like... 
I think it comes from being selfish, honestly. Like people yeah. only think about what they can get out of something. Right. So if you in turn turn around and ask them for something, it's like, oh, what the fuck? Like they don't understand. Like it's like using this. It's got to feel organic to us to do some kind of crossover. Just like that one like random singer girl out of Atlanta that was like asking us to promote her. And I was like, we don't know you. Right. <laughs> and she was like a friend of a friend of a friend. It wasn't even like any kind of connection. Yeah. I was just like, I... like she literally just looked up IG shit and was like, it's like, what? It was just weird. I'm just like, I... how am I supposed to, what are we, what would we look like just randomly posting your ass and having our followers go check you out? Like for one, that's not the kind of following that we have. And for two, like that's not what we do. We're not here just promoting random ass. Especially if you ain't fucking with the movement. Yeah. Like I don't even think she was following us at that point. And that's why I was like, she like, you ain't like none of our shit. Like you clearly haven't listened because you don't know what it's about. You just see two black ass people. I don't know. But on this tip though, so when it comes to friends, how do you feel about like friends and and um, them asking for support and stuff when they don't necessarily support what you're doing? Because I see a lot of that or I get a lot of those like page requests on Facebook like so and so invites you to like their page mm-hmm. but they don't never like nothing that you doing. I feel a way about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I do sometimes. <laughs> and then like other times like uh Akeem's friend Jock Johnson his podcast, mm-hmm. they always shout us out and everything in the episodes and everything. And they invited us on Facebook and I I accept it. Mm. Cuz like that's a genuine connection mm-hmm. and then they always support us we always shout them out so i don't know i i don't expect everybody to fuck with us because we do be, I, i'll be saying some wild ass shit i don't expect everybody to fuck with us but, but if it if don't you're beg ex- me to support you right if you not you gotta fuck with it doing the same at least in some kind of way. And that's that's what I was saying that one time on Twitter with your brother where I was just like, if you see your friends doing some shit, like there's more than one way you can support. Like you don't necessarily have to share or purchase anything. If you just like some shit or just, you know what I'm saying? Like right. how hard is it to just, you know, like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like your friends ain't your friends if they're not supporting your positive movements. It'd be different if you were doing some fucked up shit and your friends weren't supporting you. That's one thing. But like, this is a positive, a positive movement. We try to be. <laughs> right. Even though we were in our feelings yesterday. <laughs> we were. I, listen, I'm still in my feelings, but. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm trying to, I'm trying. Whew, I don't even know. Positivity. <laughs> if you will positivity into your life, it will come out. I was supposed to be productive today, but I literally just was in the bed. Nigga, I was, I didn't even set my alarm. So when you text me, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was tripping. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, 
I, be up, I just don't be feeling like doing shit anymore. Like I have the day before my off days, I always have like all these elaborate plans and things that I'm going to do. Too. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get up by this time and I'm going to do this at this time. And I'm going to make sure I get this done and I'm going to clean up and I'm going to organize and I'm going to sage my shit. And I'm going to just, you know, you a fucking witch. <laughs> A clown? (laughs) (laughs) Hell no. But yeah, then the day comes and I'm just in the bed. Like, I wasn't sleepy. I was up by like nine. But I was in the bed till like 12. Yeah. Like, I didn't even get up to like like Cooper earlier. Like, I didn't wake up really until like 11. Like struggle bus for real, and then it's getting to that point where when I do wake up, I just want to eat and then lay back down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I realized yesterday I didn't eat or drink anything when we were recording. Damn, like I didn't eat till like six o'clock. That was me for like all of August and September, which is how I lost twenty pounds. Damn, that's struggle weight for real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this Damn. girl at work yesterday, she was like, is your butt getting bigger? I was like, no, I'm probably just gaining my weight back. <laughs> getting my fighting shape again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> getting my weight up. Damn. Yeah, I had lost, I, I want to say the end of April, I had weighed myself and I was like right at 200 and I was really happy about that because I was finally like, putting on the muscle that I wanted to put on. Like my legs were strong out here. My glutes was out here sitting. I'm like, okay, bitch, a when stallion. You, when you're lifting fucking uh, couches and Hell shit. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> Get your John Henry on. <laughs> and I want to say it had to be like right around when I found out that my grandma was sick for real, that it, I just kind of like slacked off on the gym and then I wasn't eating and I wasn't even realizing that I wasn't eating because like I would sit down in front of food and try to eat, but I couldn't all yeah. the time like, or I would just take a few bites and then that was it. And then to like adjusting to new job, running around a restaurant also. And I, I got on the scale and um, I was 179, like I was 199 in April and May and then 179 um in August and I was like damn because people kept commenting too they're just like girl you are so skinny like you have lost so much weight and that's when I asked you I was like have I lost weight and you were like I don't know I can't tell because I see you all the time and I'm like I don't think I lost weight but then I put on like some clothes that used to fit that did not fit anymore and I was like damn I saw pictures from my brother's wedding and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I can see it mostly in my face. Like my face yeah. is a telltale sign of like whether or not I've lost weight or not. Because and that runs in my family on my dad's side. Like when they gain weight, their faces get chubby, and my face definitely is chubby when I'm when I'm out here eating. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I can see it in my face, and then in a couple pair of pants, and I was like, shit, I have lost weight. Which I mean, I don't guess it was a bad thing because honestly, one seventy nine is not tiny either, but. Right. Also, I on the IG, I had redone one of the archive things for the hosting. So mm-hmm. I just went and put all our all our IGs that we had linked to it, and I could see the difference when I look 
like they're yours. Yeah. Like it was like, yeah, she has lost a lot of weight. Yeah, but like I said, when you see somebody every like every other day, you don't you don't see it. Yeah, I've put on like six to seven more pounds in the last like month or two. So I'm getting I'm getting back. I need to get back in the gym though. Need to get in the gym. <laughs> uh, yeah. Once I kick this weird cloud from over my head. We're almost out of it, bro. Yeah. I almost had a I had a I actually had a moment yesterday at work. I just had to like chill out in the back by myself because I was like, I don't know why I feel so overwhelmed with emotion. I was thinking about Austin a lot. Yeah. And I don't know. I can't. I just could not explain it. I couldn't put it into words what I was feeling or why. And I don't know. I don't know if that's like a symptom of anxiety of some sort, like stress related anxiety. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like I always say. I I, I always get emotional around my birthday. Yeah, me too. I I really wish I could understand why though. Um, I did read a, a thing where they were talking about uh, they connected it to childhood trauma, and mm-hmm. also just um, depending on how you're, like in my family, my mom hates her birthday, mm. so birthdays weren't a big thing in our family. So, part that's part of it. And then for also because my birthday was always around Thanksgiving, yeah. so I never had like parties and shit. That's why that that twenty second birthday that I love is that's the only time I've ever had like a, a legitimate party. party. So that's gonna be my favorite birthday for the rest of my life. Well, my parties for the most part have been like letdowns because of the time, and I was kind of saying this. <laughs> The other night when old dude was like, you know, you're 31, what's your birthday wish or whatever? And I couldn't really say, but I was saying something like, you know, I wish the people that I invited had come or whatever. And, you know, Jay was right. And she was like, the people that are here, you know, the ones that matter. And I'm like, yeah, like, that's true. Like, But it still feels weird. Yeah. And I think like, I think part of the disappointment was because I feel like I'm so supportive of everybody else's stuff. Cause I have been to so many people's birthdays, just like showing my face, even when I didn't want to, just because I know, I know that it makes people feel good when people show up for them. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a caregiver. Like I like to see people happy. I like to make people happy. And it just disappointed me that those same people were not there for me the way that I had been there for them. And I feel like that's a reoccurring (laughs) theme of my life. And then I also started thinking like, but so what do I do? How, like, how do I control that? Do I, I can't just stop caring about people or stop wanting people to be happy or wanting to make people happy. But I don't know. I feel like I do a lot for people. And it's not always or ever reciprocated. I feel the same. Um, not to say that you should expect reciprocity from everybody because it's not why, why I do what I do. I think I just am who I am inherently. Like my mom is the same kind of person. She cares for people deeply. She does, you know, she goes above and beyond for people, especially when they're going through shit. And I do the same thing. But I don't know. 
don't know. I have that same feeling at times. So, like most of my best friends were not there, <laughs> and I know it was on a Monday and people have to work, but I don't know. I think I just at least expected people to just pop their head in. That's why I always, I'm always let down on my birthdays too. Yeah, and then plus the last five years I've had to work on my fucking birthday. Yeah, um, in college it was the worst too. Like everybody has finals during this time, so I, it would just always be the same shit. Like maybe one or two people show up. <laughs> that's um, that's why I actually loved like my birthday in college because everybody would be home for like Thanksgiving and stuff, mm. and we just party. And that 2010 year, my birthday set off a chain of events that was the craziest winter break ever. <laughs> I feel like I was a part of that. Yes, you were. Because like when I was getting uh, the reminders, you were just underneath each one. And be like, I had so much fun last night. Like, yeah, that shit was wild, bro. <laughs> uh, I think that's when we got closer. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, all those pictures. Yeah. You in the background hanging out, either arguing with Terrell or <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to process what this means or like learn whatever I'm supposed to learn from. <laughs> I want the day to come where I'm not worrying about trying to settle down with somebody like I just would like to be there like if I could just snap my fingers and not have to worry about trying to date anybody anymore Cause I don't think I don't think a lot of people understand, like <laughs> when you're dating with an intent, it's just really hard. Yeah. Like, and I don't know why that is. It's because you're betting somebody to possibly spend the rest of your life with, or possibly be the father of your children <laughs> yeah but it, it just also i don't know i just feel so alone in the dating process like i feel like nobody else is seems to be looking for what i'm looking for and i don't even think what i'm looking for is anything outlandish <laughs> i think there are people looking for what you're looking for it's just that you have to weed out the people who are definitely not looking for it and that's the scary part Especially because niggas be lying. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Like, yeah, niggas will fuck with you just to fuck with you and then be gone. Mm -hmm. Girls, for the most part, girls ain't going to fuck with you. You're not offering at least one part of the equation that be sex or financial stability or something. They'll just be like, nah, fuck this lame ass nigga. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, niggas will definitely lie and sell you a whole ass dream yeah. and be like, nah. But I don't yeah. know. 
Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Literally. Um, I, I was, I saw something the other day. It might have been on Twitter or whatever. And they were they were kind of mentioning that, and it was oh that's what it was. Because the girl that went to Alabama State that she had uh, talked about how she uh, this guy had tried to talk to her for like five years and she oh, got a lot of it. she the, curved him and yeah. got a lot of free meals. Yeah, it was like and then like <sighs> he was like and she was like I finally and then God finally uh, put it in my heart and we've been together ever since and I can't wait to tell my kids of uh, how their dad didn't give up on me. And I was thinking, if you were that nigga, how would you feel? She talking about she got free meals from you. And then the other thing I thought of was that Dion Cole thing where it's like, uh, <laughs> when she was like, well, God put it in her heart. He was like, oh, so <laughs> you doing all this fucked up ass shit. And God finally just gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna reward her for her bad behavior. <laughs> like, I'm about, I'm about to have a threesome with these girls. Thank you, God. <laughs> that ain't God. <laughs> <laughs> like, you benefited from the situation. And you finally capitalized on it. That is nothing to do with the higher power, right? Yeah, he no. is not looking in on your life and being like, you know what? This grimy ass fucking bitch. I'm a some, <laughs> some slutty bitches at that. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Where nah. they do that? People be doing that shit with a real fucking like. I hate th- I hate that free meal shit. Like that really gets on my nerves. And then bitches really think that they be bragging about shit when they talk about getting a free meal out yeah, of a nigga. I'm like, like so like were you that hungry? Like you needed food. You were that hungry, bitch, that you had to go on a date with a nigga to get a free meal, and then you had to tell us about it. We don't care. That's the only thing that bothers me about having eat your seven ninety nine pasta and go on the fuck somewhere. <laughs> ugh, it's just ugh. That's one of my pet peeves. Cannot stand that. Like, so you needed Tallinis that bad that you. <laughs> And bitches be encouraging their friends too. Like, girl, go go. and get that free meal. Like, man, women are trash, bro. (laughs) Like, man, it's a lot of trash ass fucking women out here. Yeah. Like, I ain't never. I I mean, there's niggas out here that are what we call hobo uh, sexuals. (laughs) They have no place to stay, nothing to do but live with you. (laughs) <laughs> and they have decided <laughs> that they're going to pursue romantic interests based on where do I lay yeah. my head. Yeah. But it's just, I ain't never been like, I'm hungry and I need to go on a date with this person to feed me. Ever. It ever, never ever, occurred ever. to me. But that shit is wild. Especially, especially if it's somebody that I know that I, I am not interested in. For one, it's just going to be awkward. Cause I don't want to be here with you, what? and I'm not good in awkward situations. <laughs> yeah, it's just like when we talk, like later in this episode when we talk about Queen and Slim, I couldn't do it. Couldn't either. Like, yeah, it's just eh. don't use people. Stop using people. Stop using people. Period. Don't 
it's hard for these people to stop. They've been using people their whole life, and they've been getting used. And I have to find a wife out here amongst the, <laughs> these uh, uh, foodie, uh, <laughs> these uh, wannabe foodies. <laughs> like, this shit is wild, bro. I'm really about to just, like, become an Instagram model so I can get flued out. Do that just shit, bro. Fuck all this other shit. <laughs> right. I've been trying to go the sacred route. Fuck this shit. Hey man, hey, it ain't tricking if you got it. <laughs> Big pimping. But the other thing is, there is a market for that. There are guys that are just like, man, they don't feel like dating either. They're just like, hmm. It works for some of them. Yeah, I honestly really couldn't do that in real life. One of my, uh, somebody I know, I think they're, they always are getting flued out. Cause they be in some places and I don't ever see none of the niggas they with, but they are always in some interesting places and at some very high level things. And I'm like, huh? I think she is out here, out here. <laughs> hey, I, I respect it. I ain't gonna judge her, but I was like, like I started piecing stuff together. I was like, how you got floor side seats to the Lakers? Yeah, let that be me. That's what my 2020 finna be. <laughs> Thotting and bopping. Yeah, that's what I'm finna claim. Shit. <laughs> Fuck these niggas. Just give me the money. Run me the coin. For being cute. That's it. That's all I need. I wish I could do that shit. Like, yeah. I don't out. even know how you get into the Instagram business like that, though. Do you do you just post one picture and hope it go viral and then just keep posting? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think you have to do it the same it way. It seems like a production. Oh yeah, definitely. All hands on deck too, because I mean, you gotta get the right you angles. Gotta have the outfit, the angle, the lighting, the hair, the nails, the makeup. I mean, we the background. I think if we use the tactics that we use for the podcast on your shit, I think, bro, <laughs> this might sound weird. <laughs> I think I could put you out here, bro. I think I could really get you out here. <laughs> Like I, I think I have a, a control of social media. A that- pimp named you. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! A pimp named Juice. <laughs> oh, it's a pimp a butterfly. Oh my god! Let's do it. I'm down. <laughs> I'm out here, bro. We about to take Instagram by storm. For the nineteen, I mean the two thousand nineteen to the twenty twenties. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> All for love. Love has fucked us over. Definitely. I still want it though. I was. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I. Uh, in the words of the great Miranda Lambert, I'm giving up on love because love's giving up on me. Damn. <laughs> damn. 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 <laughs> Sheesh, Miranda. Yo, that's how I know I'll be getting my feelings when I start listening to country, country music. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this nigga? <laughs> like, I get I get drunk and then I look through my phone. Luckily, I don't be, I used to send out uh, drunk texts. Thank God I moved, got out of that phase after Marvin's room. Uh, <laughs> now I just listen to crazy ass shit and I look in my Apple music and be like, what the fuck? What? 
Why did I listen to Tammy Wynette last yeah, night? <laughs> like, what the hell was I going through? I listened to Patsy Cline last night. <laughs> I haven't listened to music and cried in a long... Well, no. I'm lying. <laughs> Yesterday. I'm lying. <laughs> Two weeks ago, actually. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I know I'm really frustrated with something when I can't listen to music. Mm. Like when I can't think of a song, when you just really have to be silent with yeah. your shit. Ooh. When I can't think of a song that applies to my situation, ooh, yeah. As much as I, that is so frustrating too. Yes, because my whole life revolves around music. Oh, that's so frustrating. It's like that feeling. You ever try to like cross your toes in some shoes that are too tight, but you can't. Yes, actually, yes. It's like it's, it's like that feeling. Like you're really trying and you're really striving and reaching for something to get you to where you need to be, but it just won't happen. And then you try with so much different music and it it's not hitting, and you just oh, that's so frustrating. And then you feel ultimately defeated, and you're just like, fuck everything. Like, my music brain ain't working. That should alone be making me want to cry. I know. <laughs> I can't find music to make me want to cry. So now I'm just going to cry. <laughs> it uh, pushed me over the edge. Bless it. Mercy. I need a therapist. <laughs> we don't need relationships. We need therapy. <laughs> I do be thinking that sometimes. And I'll be like, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's that's my goal. I'm gonna get a, a quality therapist in the next year, or a quality relationship. Might be easier to find a therapist. Eighty <laughs> percent. I think if I get out here, I can find somebody. They just gotta meet the uh, the actual me, because I'm dope as fuck. I'm out here, charming. True. Up. <laughs> but yeah, I know I think I think if I get out here I could find somebody. It's just the getting out part is the struggle right now. Why do we want love so much? Are we all just taught that that's like the the main part of our adult lives that's just like supposed to happen or are we all looking for like validation in a certain way? I think it's a mixture of both. Or is everybody just trying not to be lonely? I ain't trying to be alone for the rest of my life. Real yeah. shit. Like, that shit is... Yeah. I'm it's tr- cool sometimes, but like... The coolness has worn off for me. <laughs> like, the idea of being like, what you doing tonight? Well, I'm going to uh, watch YouTube videos and hang with my dog. Right. And, and sigh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was getting bad because my dog sighs left and right. He'd be like... <sighs> like Nigga depressed about, and then it's like, oh, he's depressed because I'm depressed. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta find Cooper, uh, uh, mommy, and then I gotta find Cooper some brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. I kind of just, I do kind of feel like I always assumed that I would be out here. Yeah. Marriage, so that was always my end goal. It's a, a second that I thought maybe I don't want that, but no, nah, I do. Yeah, me too. I don't I don't know. I go back and forth like 
I always say that I want to be married, but then I feel like it's never going to happen. So I try to psych myself out and say that, like, I don't really care if it happens or not. Right. And that's where I was. I'm I'm like, no. Or that I'll be okay just being in a relationship forever (laughs) that doesn't have any officiality to it. (laughs) I used to. But I don't know if I could be a grown ass woman. If somebody's not willing to commit and put a ring on your finger. How serious? I, yeah. I get that people like you can have all these different. Okay, that's true, but I want a woman that if I ask her to marry me, she says yeah, and I can put a ring on her finger and my finger. Yeah, like I don't, that, I don't know. That, that's different than just what's understood is understood. Yeah, but it's something about. I don't know. I, I just don't know at, at this age of 31 that I could date somebody for like five, six years and like nothing happened. And like 41 comes around and I'm still calling the same nigga from 31 my boyfriend. Like, I just feel like that's childish. <laughs> like, yeah. why have we not progressed? Relationships are supposed to progress. Right. You're supposed to grow as a person and... and the person that you're with, you're supposed to grow with them. And if you've stayed together that long, obviously you've grown together. So why hasn't your relationship progressed? You know? Right. I don't want to be calling nobody my boyfriend for 10, 11, 12 years. Or you could just be like all these other niggas. You're like, you know, my wife, they ain't sitting in front of no judge. Right. Ain't said nothing in front of God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, I mean, I have, weird views on religion but i do think it's a sacred thing marriage and i think i want that so i'm not gonna psych myself out of that possibility anymore me either man this this whole episode is gonna be dope (laughs) but it's gonna be very weird (laughs) because after this we just talk about queen and slim And this is a completely different episode, really, from yesterday. Oh, well. It's going to work out in the end. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Might as well talk about Queen as well. Let's talk about Queen and Slim. So, you first. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I was, um, it was, it like kept me on edge the whole time. It, wa- it was a slow roll in the beginning. Um, but I loved it. Like, the cinematography was great. I didn't realize that they were in New Orleans. <clears throat> So that's probably why it was so dope. Um, obviously, the scoring was amazing. Like, the soundtrack is so lit. Yes. That Lauren Hill track is, like, it, it's and then And then Blood Orange doing uh, Running Away. Oh, I was listening to that all day yesterday. Yeah. Um, they had Fela in the fucking movie. Yeah, like. And then they had Roy Ayers. They had uh still when still tipping came on, I was so fucking lit. Everybody was in there that's, rapping. That's one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah, it and, was dope to me. Honestly, I I did feel like I don't know. 
I feel like their love story was a little awkward. I think that's, I don't know. That's why it kind of felt like a slow roll in the beginning because they were just like not compatible at all. So it was just kind of weird, like watching them kind of be forced to be together. But I bawled my eyes out at the end when they shot her. Um, And when he picked her up and was carrying her towards him that I was like literally like tears streaming on both. Like I had a tear beard <laughs> from that part. Um, there was another part that kind of made me teary too. I can't remember, but I thought it was a good movie. I'm going to be all the way honest with you. <laughs> I thought about leaving. He said he left. He said when they shot her in the end, he got up and walked out. <laughs> I, it wasn't even that. I was talking about it in the beginning because I was like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like about 20 minutes in. I was like, this is God awful. What, what, what part made you? The dialogue was so fucking terrible. Yes. And it's like trying to be, <clears throat> it was trying too hard. It's, so what had you gotten to the point where he actually shot the cop? Or was it just like the date part and they were between the date part and then nothing in that movie makes sense. (laughs) Absolutely nothing in that movie makes any sense at all. Like, okay. So they go like the dialogue from the beginning. She was just such a fucking bitch. Yeah, she was. She was very uppity and yeah like is this the only place you can afford like motherfucker like yeah and then like the idea of using somebody just because you don't want to be alone like for a date Mm -hmm. the first date that's some wild shit yeah so you just i mean he was just like (laughs) it it played into a lot of negative negative stereotypes about black Black women. women but i feel like and then too, I think this is another like layer to it. I feel like they like built her up to be that way in the beginning because she had to be completely like stripped down, like cutting her hair, you know what I'm saying? Wearing shit that she wouldn't normally wear that little slinky ass dress that she had on. And like she, she turned into a completely different person. And I wonder, cause I was thinking about that too. Like, I wonder if, that was <clears throat> a little bit a little bit of a message about um i guess the vulnerability of black women i understand that in theory but it was so heavy handed yeah that it was like let's just make this woman completely unlikable like completely unlikable mm-hmm. and also Everything that happened in that movie was her fault. <laughs> the whole fucking movie was based on her being a fucking asshole. I mean, yeah, it just started with her being lonely like, and selfish. Like, bro, all right, so she's lonely and selfish. She takes this this blue collar ass nigga out and judges him the entire date. The date is not going good. He's just gonna take her home. He gets stopped. Granted. Oh, also, you know who the cop was? Mm-mm. Sturgill Simpson. 
Oh. Yeah. Wow. And then the other white guy in the end is Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. Wait, which one? The the good white dude that's trying okay, to... Okay, with the, with the wife in the yeah. house that let them hide in the house. Mm-hmm. That's oh. Flea. But yeah. That's another thing that kind of confused me about um, them. Like, it made me wonder, because it, it felt like a setup almost for the way that things happen. Because if it wasn't for them, they wouldn't have even gone there. Yeah. And it's just like how. This is what I, I've thought and I haven't checked to confirm anything. Like where but did the black dude come into play? You remember when Flea's character gave uh, Slim the. Uh, the card. The note saying that if you lose this, then you're fucked. Yeah. He never checked that card again. So I wonder if when he was out the window. That it, he lost it. Yeah. Because they never show the card again. And they never actually show the dude that. So I think they went to the wrong place. Yeah. And, and the guy just happened to come up and. And then he saw what was up. Because it couldn't. It. Was it the black dude that they were supposed to meet? He was just the middleman. He was just bringing them to, I don't know. It was just weird how it happened. And then like. I think he intercepted it. And <clears throat> how? No. That's that's the whole thing about the script too. It's a lot of holes. The, in, the end had the most holes to me. The whole movie had <laughs> the end is where I, The end is where I was a little fucked up. I was like, well, wait. And then also, how did this nigga just find them randomly on the side of the road? No cell phone call, no nothing. He just walks up to them and like, y'all follow me. And then, you know, when he did the whole like fake phone call, like he was on the phone with the dude that they were supposed to meet up with, um, because they because th- they thought that they were gonna like rest for a day and then go meet the nigga. Or no, 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 no. He said he well, said that it was gonna be the next day, and they were like, nah, we gotta go now. And so it made me wonder like was he on the phone with the cops i think he was and they were trying to set up everything for the next day and then i guess they had to get it going then but also like in the beginning so they're on the date and then all right it's obvious that she's i mean she says she's a lawyer or whatever and i get that if somebody is unlawfully pulled over you're gonna be like go above and beyond be like oh, this is the, their rights and stuff right. but it was so fucking forced yeah and it was literally like you're not helping the situation at all if you're a lawyer you should know how these things go and being on the court you could easily just show how to, like you can help this man sue and do all these other things instead of you know almost getting him killed <laughs> Almost getting yourself killed. What was um not crazy, but I guess like uh I don't even know if you can call it a motif because it only happened twice. But she was always the one that was shot before him. Yeah, like she was his shield. That was another like theme to me. Like another another message. Like black women are always protecting or always taking. Taking the bullets for black men. 
How do, what, how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I just feel like I just didn't like her character. It was she was so she was very um, on paper stereotyped as independent black woman, and the, the only reason. It 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 was weird. It was like a weird dichotomy. It was like I'm an independent black woman, but at the same time, here. I need you. And they had to cripple her though for her to to need him. But, but she was already in a space to need him because she had, had had admitted that she just didn't want to be alone. Right. That so uh, they were just showing like two faces. It's just it, it was mm. it was too heavy, too much. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, like I tried to avoid spoilers too. The one thing I did see that did register was when people were joking on Lena Waite's uh, script writing. It's like, yeah, that shit is god awful. <laughs> if if they were like, I can't remember her name, but whoever played Queen, she Jodie Turner Smith, she was a very good actor, mm-hmm. and Daniel Kaluuya is a very good actor. If it wasn't them, that script would have been, been yeah. awful. Like you, like they covered up a lot of the the bad mm-hmm. in the movie by having such talented uh right uh, talented actors and then talented director and cinematographer mm-hmm. it he had a lot of the flaws that were in that movie and it was one like the other part that i was like this is some fucking bullshit was the kid the uh scene with the kid yeah when he shot the cop why was that in the fucking movie i don't know i feel like this conspiracy theory, I feel like that was uh, that was that was. I, I felt like that was a, the studio put that in there so it wouldn't look like you were glorifying killing cops. Yeah, that was weird to me too, and it definitely shook me. Like when he pulled the gun out, I was like, "What in the fuck?" It wasn't believable. Like the and then plus they made it to where the cop was like the best cop of all time right <laughs> it's like so you're just saying that this kid is just so strung up on and then plus why were they chanting let them go they weren't in custody or nothing yet like it was man i don't yeah, know it's true the, uh, i mean i felt like i knew i wasn't gonna like this movie going in like it wasn't because it was because i don't like bonnie and Clyde. Mm. stories like when i was younger i watched a lot of bonnie and clyde movies like the actual like the one with warren Beatty and faye dunaway Mm -hmm. and so i knew how it was gonna end when i saw the trailer i was like this shit ain't going in good and i just don't like the idea of having uh fatality mixed with love Mm. and the glorification of that Mm. So I I had a feeling I wasn't gonna like this movie, but I was still gonna go just because it's almost like one of those cultural things where you kind of have to watch it. Yeah, but it was just I don't know. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I can understand your point of view. <clears throat> it just felt like a good black movie, like a good. It just felt black. It felt real black. It did, but <laughs> it did. But here's my question: This is also where the conflict is. Why does all of our, why do all our movies have to be tied to that kind of conflict mm. of our dehumanization? 
Because I feel like everybody is just trying to get a certain message across and it, it just becomes a dead horse that's being beaten. Right. Like, that was clearly a black movie. Right. Therefore, probably 90% of the people that was going to see that movie understand what it's like to be oppressed. Mm-hmm. Why? Why force things? Like, that was the other thing. Like, in the beginning, it was so heavy-handed that I was almost like, who is this movie for? Mm. Like, why does she have to go out of her way to be like, well, we know how uh, the uh, system goes against black men and all this shit. It's like, yeah, we all understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, are you making this movie for the eyes of white people? Is that what this movie is about? Or is this movie telling a true story of what it's like to be black in America? Because I don't think it really is. I can't tell you, um, I can't give you a definite on either one of those because I feel like both is what it's supposed to to do. But once again, I just feel, I feel like everybody just has this agenda, especially black writers and directors. um, They have an agenda to get a certain message across and somehow it just always comes out the same right (laughs) like they all come out the same but what's the point of having more black people in roles of making decisions and writing movies and directing movies if we're just telling the same stories that have been forced to us our whole lives everybody thinks that they're giving it a different angle and a different perspective but there wasn't any new perspective it's just like most of the tyler berry movies when he first dropped them that was also awesome. after after his like first or second movie you could almost predict like how things were gonna go <laughs> the one really good Tyler Perry movie was why did I get married yeah because that explored different angles and different things mm-hmm. it was it was and it wasn't as force-fed as all the other ones but funny you should say that because I was thinking in like the first 30 minutes of the movie, I was like, Tyler Perry literally could have made a better movie than this. Mm-hmm. Like real shit before they got to New Orleans and her, her uncle got in. Mm-hmm. That's when I came back into the movie and I was like, okay, I can fuck with this. Bokeem did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, uh, India Moore is an amazing actress. Which one's India Moore? Uh, the light skinned trans woman. Oh, with the curly hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She does really good in pose also. Well, they, because she's non-binary and she her pronouns are they and them. Okay. So I also have to keep, because she presents as a woman. Mm. They present as a woman. Mm-hmm. So naturally it's the assumed gender or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's what brought me back into it. Because that's like... I was like, man, this is going to be a long movie. And then also when the uh, the kid and his dad was in it, I was like, yeah, this is, this ain't it, bro. Yeah. I was like, yeah. It was funny, but it was like, this ain't it. And why did she fucking kidnap the fucking cop and put him in the fucking, uh... <laughs> bro, <laughs> this movie has so many fucking holes in it. I mean, I, at that point, they were not trusting cops. Yeah, but she and also she was, was making... I think she was definitely on a power trip. Def, like, that was the other part of it. I felt like 
And then, like, when she started, like, turning his radio off, it was like, man, you yeah, you are doing way too much. Especially when he was just playing gospel music. Right. Like. He is freaking the fuck. He just killed a police officer. Yeah. The other thing I thought about was, if this movie was based on my life in any way, this shit would have lasted 10 minutes. <laughs> you wouldn't have made it through the date. <laughs> Hell no. Once she said I had a really shitty day and I just didn't feel like being alone. You're like, well. Been like, all right. Shit, please. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm go get out of here. And then also. I forgot that they had kidnapped the damn cop. Damn. And then. um, They had so many getaway cars. Yeah. And how you drive from Ohio to New Orleans. On one tank one of tank gas, of gas. <laughs> in an old school Chevy. I think it was a Chevy. Oh, it might have been an old school F one fifty. Shit, forty dollars in gas. Where they do that at? But yeah, I also wouldn't have. After I killed, after I would have shot the police officer. Yeah, I would just put a bullet through my own brain because it ain't no way you're going to get out of that one. You, you know, dead. what was crazy was, uh, oh, that's the other part that I cried when um, when Slim caught his dad when they got in the, at yeah. the car shop. That's the part where I cried. Like, his dad was such a fucking rider for him. Yeah. Like. That did make me a little emotional. Yeah. And then also, like, the way she was, <clears throat> I get that she didn't have anybody, but the way she was just dismissive, like, like this man has a family. Like yeah. his whole life is over. Yeah, yeah. She was basically like, "Fuck that." Yeah, fuck like, them. We on the run, nigga. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is your fault. <laughs> she obviously had some uh, previous traumas. A lot and things that she need to go to therapy for. <laughs> the other thing is, one thing this movie did do that I want to do is. I definitely want to go to a juke joint again. Oh yeah, when they were deaf, when they were in that juke joint, I was like, man, that looks like a dope ass date. Like, yeah, and then just a sweaty ass cracker box. But you know, in real life, that hole in the wall is a lot different than the one they presented in that movie. Yeah, like it's a whole bunch of cats in there with gold teeth, and I don't mean that tiger we talked about a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I'll talk about so uh, Paul Masson drinking. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Pokey Bear listening niggas in a Crown Vic. <laughs> That's what that shit is on. But in theory, I mean, I I've been to a juke joint a couple times in my life. I have not. Man, we need to do that. Shit. That shit is a dope experience. I would love until to it, that. it's not. <laughs> I wish I do. I I wish that they would have, um, like, for her character, for Queen's character, to be so, like, independent and honestly, like, distant and cold. I wish that they would have given a little bit more backstory, or I wish they had more of them explaining their stories. Uh, so that we could better understand them. Because I was listening to um, <clears throat> the read. They did like a 30-minute episode with Melina and Lena. Um, and they were just kind of like breaking down, you know, some of the things and why they did what they did and yada, yada, yada. And um, they were explaining how in the movie we we could see them both like shift. Like they both 
kind of had like 180s like they mm-hmm. both became each other like they like things that they said that they never do they end up doing like he drank and he said that he don't drink and he smoked he smoked and you know what i'm saying like she was doing shit that she wouldn't normally do um but i wish that i wish we had a little bit more like threading into their composition like we didn't i just feel like we didn't really know them a whole lot yeah that's also why i wasn't as attached to their characters as i normally would Mm -hmm. because it and granted it may be the idea that this is a first date experience so you don't know somebody that's true that's true so i may I may understand that point a little bit, but I also wasn't able to. I just didn't feel like I, didn't, I understood the characters. Like, I, in theory, I understood them, but, like, as a fully fleshed out character, they didn't seem to be actual people. Mm-hmm. They fit. Did you see, speaking of it, like, they feel like stereotypes. Did you see the casting call? Mm-mm. Let me, let me go. Where is my phone? You know who was the voice of reason, though? It was the mechanic. Yeah. Right. And then they weren't trying to hear that shit. Like, no, y'all making it harder for people, for us. It is true. But then he cried, though, when they got captured. <clears throat> I wonder if that was because he felt like he lost his son and uh, for nothing. Yeah. Let me, let me, uh, this is the other part that I, the internet is clowning Lena Waithe for, and this is, she might deserve this shit. <laughs> Where is this shit? This is just gonna sound negative. I'm just uh, talking <laughs> shit about this fucking movie. Like, you're just like, I loved it. Like, man, I thought this was a piece of shit. <laughs> I think I was really, uh, I was just really in love with the cinematography. Oh, I loved it. Like I, I'm a I'm a sucker for like ambiance and like the feel of a film, and I just it just felt real. It just felt really black. Let's watching it. No, it did, and that's what kept me <clears> in <throat> it. It was a beautifully shot film. And now that I know that they shot it in New Orleans, it makes sense. But it was just really beautiful, especially all of the um the landscape that we got to see like with them being on the road so much like for the casting call they have like specific uh things they'll look for like for like when they're describing what they're looking for for the character mm-hmm. okay so this is what they have for queen female 20 to 35 born in the south to American parents, American grandparents, and American great-grandparents moved to the East Coast as soon as she could. Queen is a fiercely intelligent defense lawyer who reaches out to Slim on Tinder after the state determined, um, decides to execute one of her clients. She didn't want to be alone that night. She's brown-skinned. If she were a slave, she would have worked in the fields. She has a, <laughs> she has a tough exterior for a reason. Only a few in this world knows why. But she knows, and that's all that matters. Some nudity, breast and butt, sexual <laughs> stimulation required, uh, ethnicity, black, African descent requires nudity. Yes, 
So if she was a slave, she'd be like, that's the type of shit I'm talking about. It's some problematic shit. Wow. It just makes you Basically feel Basically saying everything to keep from saying dark skin. Right. Why don't you just say dark, dark skin? skin. <laughs> that's not a slur. That's one of those things that people uh, skate around when it comes to like right. races and describing people racially. People get nervous. Yeah, we're like, he's black. <laughs> like, why are she's, you whispering? She's, she's, you know. She's <laughs> <laughs> black. But yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe I I, I haven't been in a bad mood lately. Maybe that's, that's part of it, too. <clears throat> I have thought about that. Like, man, I'm kind of negative right now. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel negative. I just feel sad. I mean that. But like Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm negative. <laughs> I'm not presenting that on you. But I think I personally am being negative. I work in third shift made it to where I wasn't drinking. So I was able like I was fully sober. He was gonna say you were thinking clearly. And so since it was still on third shift and I wasn't doing anything, I was just spending hours thinking soberly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that could be kind of scary. It got scary for a second, but it it made me put things in perspective. And I was like, I think I'm gonna be okay. I just gonna... I've been wondering if I'm an alcoholic and if I should just stop drinking. I'm definitely an alcoholic. And as an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> From one alcoholic to another. I think we're a bunch of drunks. Oh, man. I can't even ask what makes me an alcoholic because that's an obvious answer. But I don't know. I'm, I probably need to stop drinking. Uh, I think I need to also. So I guess we need to... This feels like such a somber episode. It does. <laughs> you still want to record an hour tomorrow just to make sure this isn't? Yeah, yeah, we can. Just even it out. <laughs> you depressed us and then happy us. Yeah, today is the anniversary of Austin passing. Right. I think that's adding to it. So. R.I.P. A dot. So thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Curvy Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday. 